You just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we, we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Yeah, you know, right now uh, we have the atmosphere of a, of a JC softball game. You know, I mean, that's what we are, JC softball team. As long as, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's not whether you win or lose. It's like who, the, 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 the team that wins is the one that has the most fun. You know, that crap like that. You know, all this stuff that's contaminated America where they give every kid a trophy and they don't keep scoring Little League anymore. Now, that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> Winning the SEC probably is harder than winning the national championship. Do you know that? Well, how about the fucking dogs? Turn that damn you Hey buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the pirate, and the pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State. Welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as usual with my cousin <laughs> Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, what isn't going on here on Thursday? We're recording Thursday leading up to the NFL draft. And, man, Tim Tebow looks like he's making a comeback. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers getting traded. I mean, this is going to be a wild, wild night of uh, NFL draft action. You know what? I'm looking forward to it, man. And there's I'm going to be honest with you. One thing that's not going on, Mike, is a diet. (laughs) (laughs) Some of our listeners, I told them the other day, man, I've been doing this little workout thing, and I'm not supposed to drink alcohol for two days. I'm, I'm two days in, going on day three. But, man, that NFL draft is coming <laughs> on, so I think I'm going to come. I, I made an excuse. I'm off the wagon already, Mike. <laughs> hey, I hear you, you man. Know, I, I wish we would have done this different. I wish we would have. I wish we would have done our draft predictions. I guess it's going to be bouncing around. We got a lot of teams trading and things like that. But like, if we could only draft from the SEC, I, I'm I'm just curious what your top 32 would be. You know, going to the teams. Maybe we could do something like that when we, because I'm sure we're going to put something together after the draft here, kind of talking and highlighting some of our our favorite SEC players. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe maybe we could say you know say our piece. I, I'd like to. Because I love the NFL too, man. I love college football, but I love the NFL and nothing. The draft, man, just get those juices flowing. You're thinking about your fantasy football team already, and uh, I'm excited about tonight, man. Well, thanks for showing up, Shane, and telling me uh, I'm doing a bad job and how to do better. But <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it. I, that's not it at all, Mike. But it's just, just I'm looking at some of these teams, and you know, you look at uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Maylock. Oh, what's the guy that? Mel Kuyper? Yeah, what? Well, I don't know where Maylock came from, but that's exactly who I'm talking about, Mike. You know, you've been looking at his list for the last two, three months, and you're like, man, 
if I was the GM of the ABC team, you know, mm-hmm. I would definitely take, because we see these guys every Saturday. So I am curious what happens tonight. Uh, what is tonight? Th- Thursday. So this is going to come out on a Friday. Yes, sir. Well, maybe you think we can put something together for, for Saturday or something, you know, just a little draft recap. Yeah, I'd be down to do that. And uh, because it is a big thing, I definitely want to recap all the action, but I didn't want to be staying up till 1 a.m. to put this together on the first <laughs> round, you know? <laughs> no, no, I appreciate it. No, I'm, I, I completely understand, Mike. It's easy for me to say that. <laughs> when we're done here, Mike gets on, he, he filters everything, he cuts out half the, the words I say to make it a good podcast, <laughs> you know? So that's an hour process in itself, I would imagine. Puts it on YouTube, puts it on all the all the platforms. So I appreciate your effort. Shane, on the other hand, just grabs another beer and watches TV. So, <laughs> uh, so all right, man, your, your show. I'm, I'm, I'm right here with you, though. Well, yeah, so let's spin it back to the SEC. We will recap the NFL draft action uh, as we have those results. But, hey, we got some big news in the SEC, at least uh, big for us, because we love, you know, spieling here about the coaches and, and everything that's going on with their press conferences and all that, because the SEC this week – I believe this was a Wednesday afternoon, officially announced the lineup for the upcoming SEC Media Days. The, oh, yeah. The official kickoff of the season starts Monday, July 19th. Are you ready for this lineup, Shane? Hell yeah. All right, so the first day of the event, we got three coaches. We got Dan Mullen mm. from Florida. We got Ed Orgeron, LSU. We might have to keep them two apart so they don't <laughs> come to blows here. And then uh, last but not least, first-year South Carolina head coach Shane Beamer. So Dan Bullen, Ed Orgeron, Shane Beamer, day one. That's a pretty solid mm. lineup. You know what? Oh, I like that one, man. I like that. Is this the order? Yeah, well, they don't um, – it, it's okay. it's kind of random when they show – this is the order of, you know, day one of the event, but uh, they kind of mix and match when they'll be speaking. I think it, it depends on a number of factors. Okay, yeah, man. Right out of the gates, Coach O yelling at you. That may be <laughs> all right. You know what I'm saying? This is a great lineup. The only thing – I guess if I were to tweak it a little bit, I probably would have had uh, Dan and Jimbo on the same day. Mm-hmm. I still like this. I like this combination. Plus, you got a new guy. You know, you got to work Shane in there somewhere. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I like this lineup, man. This is good right out of the gate. Contenders, man. That's what these two are. I mean, we got two real contenders here. So right. uh, I'm looking forward to that. Now, day two, Tuesday, July 20th, mm. Kirby Smart. From the Georgia Bulldogs. Okay. Mark Stoops, Kentucky Wildcats. Lane Train, Lane Kiffin (laughs) from Ole Miss. And then uh, last but not least here, Josh Heupel, Tennessee, going to be making his debut as Tennessee's head coach. So, once again, the second day of SEC Media Days, Kirby Smart, Mark Stoops, Lane Kiffin, and Josh Heupel. That's a solid lineup, too. That is a very, very solid lineup. Again, you got new coach. Mark's always good for a couple of hitters. You know what I'm saying? And uh, everybody's everybody's interested in Lane. I, I wish they would have paired him up with Saban, but, you know, you, I think you got to keep these two guys separate because they, they kind of sell their own tickets. So 
this is a very, very strong line. Then you got Kirby, man, a potential national champ team, you know, so everybody wants to know, is this the year? Mm-hmm. So this is a, I'm, I'm glued, man. Two days in, I'm loving it. Who's on day three? Day three. Now this may be the best lineup of them all. Day three, Wednesday, July 21st, we got Nick Saban. Mm. We got Mike Leach. Uh-oh. <laughs> Fast-talking Jimbo. Oh, Lord. And then uh, Clark Lee, who, hey, he's a wild card, but he gives uh, some really good responses. So, once again, day three, Nick Saban, Mike Leach, Jimbo Fisher, and Clark Lee. That's that's a hard four, four team to beat right there. What about Vandy getting out of day four, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> good for them, man. Uh, no, this is a good, this is a fantastic lineup itself, man. Again, a lot of contenders, a lot of noise from these teams. So uh, this this should play out strong, man. I, I'm talking, they're going to let fans in this thing? Them all them Bammers going to be down there? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. They're always going to let those uh, those crazy fans down there. So, <laughs> And it's Alabama days, usually the biggest. Auburn, also a very big day down there. And that's who's going to be headlining the, the final day here, Thursday, July 22nd. We got Auburn, Brian Harson, mm-hmm. Sam Pittman from Arkansas, and of course Missouri's Eli Drinkowitz. So we, man, we're gonna have to keep away Eli and Sam because <laughs> there's some bad blood there too. But uh, Thursday is gonna wrap up nice too. So man, I can't wait for it. And, and again, these are uh, July 19th through July 22nd. It, it's it's a long way away, but it'll be here before you know it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, think about it. two months. Then we got them in there. So. Then we're starting to start talking about, you know, fall season kicking up. So it's, it's not that far away. I like how they kind of broke it up a little bit. Uh, always my little favorite because it's July. There's absolutely nothing going on football related. And then all of a sudden it cranks up. And after that, it just feels like it's, you know, it's just right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, buddy, before we uh, get to, you know, the main topic I wanted to have you on here, I wanted to break down. If you missed it, I recently updated my SEC power rankings after – spring football. That's kind of what I wanted to have Shane to spiel on about here. But uh, before we get to that, Shane, we got a really good call-in question from South Carolina fan, old school cock. Love that, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> and if uh, anybody else wants to uh, call in, now's a great time with the off season. And uh, that call-in number for the show is uh, 615-800-5683. So let's kick it over to Old School Cock. Hey, Mike, Cousin Shane, uh, Old School Cock here. On a recent podcast, you spoke about how if uh, UGA lost their defensive coordinator, they'd be in great shape because they already have Will Muschamp on the staff. It's probably not shocking that a Gamecock fan would have a very low opinion of Muschamp. But uh, he had a, a D-line at USC full of four- and five-star players, future NFL linebacker and a top uh, NFL prospect at cornerback, uh, and yet we sucked on defense last year. He had Before that, he had Javon Kinlaw. Last year, he had Zach Pickens, Jordan Birch, J.C. Horn, Ernest Jones. Before that, he had uh, D.J. Wanham. I mean, he's had a ton of talent. And yet, he did absolutely nothing with that talent. And we never had a, pa- a good pass defense um, while he was there. And he's supposed to be this defensive uh, guru. At... So, anyhow, I just 
you know, I think that Muschamp is awful, and I'm I'm glad he's at UGA, and I hope he becomes their defensive coordinator there, uh, because if he does, you know, he'll, he'll squander all that the great talent that they have. I was wondering what y'all thought about that, and also if you had the time, I'd like to get your thoughts on the ceiling of this uh, Satterfield offense this year. We have a returning SEC leading rusher, a five-star running back behind him, and Zuquandre Wright uh, behind him. He, he had a great uh, spring game. And, and we have a very experienced O-line, a mobile quarterback. We just don't have much at wide receiver. So I was wondering how wide open can this offense be? And um, do you think that Satterfield's side of the ball, you know, how, how do you see it trending this year? Thanks for all y'all do. Love the show. Go Cox. All right, Chad, so if anybody missed what he's referring to on a recent podcast, I referenced that uh, Georgia defensive coordinator Dan Lanning is apparently a candidate to be the new head coach of the Kansas Jayhawks. Mm. And I just referenced the fact that if that does happen, you know, I think the world of Dan Lanning, I think he's one of the best defensive coordinators in the country. So I don't think Georgia wants to lose him by any means, but – I just made the comment that if that were to happen, I thought that, uh, you know, they've got the perfect replacement lined up there. Will Muschamp can slide into that defensive coordinator role and and Georgia probably wouldn't miss a beat. You know, no surprise here, South Carolina fans, what the hell am I talking about? Will (laughs) Muschamp can't coach a lick. So, I don't know. I'll I'll let you handle that first, Shane. What are are your thoughts on, uh, you know, why in the world people think Will Muschamp is a good head coach after – after he got fired by not only South Carolina, but Florida before that. Yeah, and it's easy. We get caught up, I think, so many times in these box scores. And you look at Winsipedia, oh, look at the records, you know. If you're not a true follower of a head coach, it's you kind of lose it when you're just looking at numbers. And, and you know, when I, when I think of Muschamp, I do think of defense. Now, I, I think of terrible offenses. You know, I, I think of I think of terrible play callings at times, but I I also you know talking about the draft and I think how many you know studs they have put in the NFL. So South Carolina, if you say anything, they they've they've put gems into the NFL, the National Football League. So and I think a lot of that has to do with Muschamp, not only coaching talent but identifying it. And now you move them to the University of Athens, which I hate to say it, guys, is a lot better top to bottom than South Carolina. He's working with a lot. You think of Florida, he came in in a hot mess down there, just never could get it turned around. So I, I think he's better when he has the talent, when the talent is given to him. Now, if it if it's, you know, if it comes down to him making game time decisions and stuff, uh, you know, especially if, if the offense is involved, I'm, I, maybe I'm, maybe it's head coach. Maybe he's just not a good head coach, Mike, but it seems like the defenses that he has had in the past, he has been able to, to get some talent out of them. Right. And that's kind of the key. You just said it right there at the tail end of your response. I'm not saying Will Muschamp would be a good head coach. Hell, we've seen him fail twice in the SEC, but uh, as old school cock mentions, you know, he pinpoints the fact that South Carolina's defense not really been that – hell, they were terrible last year. And yeah. that's what Will Muschamp's supposed to be, uh, you know, known for as a defensive coach. And I said he'd be a good coordinator. But, you know, it, you also kind of reference it there where 
Yeah, he has a he had a Javon Kinlaw at South Carolina. He had a DJ Wanham. He had a TJ Brunson. These are some of the draft picks recently that South Carolina has produced on the defensive side of the ball. Well, where they may have a handful of potential NFL players in Columbia, we got about <laughs> a handful per, per position group at Georgia. I mean, it's right. all, it's all about the players. The players are are there for Georgia to be outstanding and. How about this stat, Shane? I looked this up where Jadavion Clowney, number one overall pick in the 2014 NFL draft. We know how outstanding he was for South Carolina. Mm-hmm. That was, like I said, in 2014. And between 2014 and 2018, South Carolina, aside from Clowney, and I know he went number one overall, so, I mean, that is outstanding. But it in four drafts we're talking here, they didn't have a single defensive player chosen outside of Clowney. And then here comes Will Muschamp, and we just got – we had Kinlaw last year, Wanham, Brunson, the year before, Rashard Fenton. All those guys got drafted. Uh, yeah. And in the upcoming draft here tonight, J.C. Horn's going to get drafted. I mean, yeah. so, so you can't say that he can't identify and develop talent. Now, he right. may – again, he may be a terrible head coach – he doesn't know how to pick an offensive coordinator. They've recruited quarterbacks well, but hell, recruiting them and, and develop them is two different things. And yes, the offense is is killing Will Muschamp. That's why he failed at Florida. That's why he failed at South Carolina. In addition to be, you know, the defense did not get it done. So I think if and then you want to go back to his days at Florida. Remember when McIlwain, when they were winning the SEC East, it was the the offenses were terrible under him too, and it was all about those defenses. Yeah, those defenses were Will Muschamp's guys, and when Will Muschamp was in Gainesville running the show, it was defense again. I mean, hell, it was a, they they had a dominant defense. So I mean, I understand why people would take issue with me saying Will Muschamp is a good coach because he's. He's failed so many times, but I really do think he is an assistant coach that uh, would fill in the gap there if Georgia needed him to do so. Dude, I think about those McElwain day, days, and it was just if it weren't for that defense, they they would have been they would have been uh, garbage, man. I mean, anybody watched those years and, and struggled through the uh, now. Trust me, as a Tennessee fan. We wish Jim was still there, okay? But <laughs> but it was, you know, he did it with a roster full of, you know, coach that coach got in there. But a lot of this, I do want to ask you, um, it, it, it all hinges on him taking this job. Uh, how how confident are you thinking that he's going to go to Kansas? Um, I mean, I don't think he. That's kind of something that I hit on recently, where. You know, I think Dan Lanning is such a good coach, and and hell, I keep praising Georgia and, and what they're going to do this upcoming season. That I equate it similar to Steve Sarkeesian. If you remember this time last year, yeah, got offered the Colorado job. Obviously, decided to turn that thing down. Alabama wins a national championship, and he, now he's the head coach of Texas. So. Yeah, I'm not saying Dan Lanning is going to be the next head coach of, you know, insert a school like USC or something. But, right. I, hell, if Georgia wins a national championship, maybe USC does come calling. You know, it's if Georgia does what I think they're going to do this year, he's going to have a hell of a lot better job lined up than Kansas. Yeah. And, and that that's my thing. So, 
Uh, I've not heard that he's leaving, but uh, I would recommend him to stay there in Georgia for at least another season. I think he'll have a really good job lined up if he does that. Yeah, and his name's always been kind of floating around here lately, so I just don't think Kansas is a place you want to hang your hat right now. uh, (laughs) No. Or ever. I mean, just look. Look look at all the coaches they've had down there, man. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They've had some some doozies, and and that's just not a place you want to – your your next step. I mean, you could be a little bit more methodical here when you're making that selection. Like you said, we are expecting a big year from the Georgia Bulldogs. And uh, I think he's going to have better opportunities. And one thing Kirby is, is a hell of a recruiter. He, he's a hell of a talker. You, you, you see him at these meetings and stuff. Everybody's always gathered around him, you know, and, and that's why he's able to assemble such a, such a great staff down there. So I, I fully expect him not to make this move. Uh, it would really surprise me if he goes to Kansas, but if he does, I mean, don't forget, you got, everybody's worried about Muschamp, but you know, Kirby, that's his baby. Kirby is all about the defense. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know how much, if, if this played out, how much more he would be involved with the defense and not Muschamp. You know, I'm sure he trusts him or he wouldn't have brought him down there. But I, I think this is this is Kirby's defense, you know? Right. Well, and hell, I'm already hearing that Muschamp is uh, basically one of the top recruiters on that staff. And mm-hmm. he's only been there a couple months, and he's not even a full-time position coach. So I think they, he's already making his impact felt in Athens. And and I think if he's given an opportunity to be a defensive coordinator in the near future, I think he's going to do really well with it. Just don't make yeah. him a head coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> All right, Shane. So, hey, the thing I wanted to spiel with you here, I've updated my SEC power rankings. And as per usual, got a ton of hate here, which is to be expected. But uh, And feel free to hate on this list all you want, Shane. You ready to uh, run down this list? Again, this is SEC Mike's list, not Shane. <laughs> no affiliation at all. But yes, I'm ready to bash your list. <laughs> and the way I do these, as always, this is not a reflection on... You know what we saw last season, or you know, if you if you just want the the betting odds or anything like that, this is not the place to come. This is, in my opinion, if Team A and Team B met tomorrow on a neutral field, no home field advantage, which team do I think is coming out ahead? Mm-hmm. That's how I do this, and uh, we'll we'll start. No surprise, uh, number fourteen on the list here, mm-hmm. Vanderbilt Commodores. Take it down. I, I like what uh, Coach Lee is bringing to this program, but at the end of the day, ton of improvements need to be made to this roster before they're even competitive in the SEC. Any debate there, Vanderbilt, number 14? No, no debate, but I will say this isn't the lowest 14 ever. You know what I'm saying? It feels like they're a little closer to the pack than usual and wouldn't surprise me if they were a little higher, especially toward the end of the season, because there's a lot of young, raw talent there. Mm-hmm. And uh, but again, this is a rebuild, you know, this is uh, creating a, a culture down there that takes time. So uh, for that right now, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, man, 14. But but I don't I don't think it's a huge gap with the other schools like it has been in years past. Mm-hmm. All right. Number 13. Again, I don't think this will be much of a surprise given what this coach is inheriting here. But I'm going South Carolina Gamecocks. Number 13 in my mm-hmm. SEC power rankings. Thoughts on that one? 
Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you here as well. Um, you know, this is what I was talking about, uh, Vanderbilt being a little closer to South Carolina. But, again, raw young talent, this is something that could take off. And I think uh, the, the thing that worries me the most is the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that rears its uh, ugly head here at the start of the season. But, yeah, I could see them at, at 13, 12, 13 area. Yeah, and I think, the you know, with the Gamecocks – the more I hear about their defensive coordinator, Clayton White, I, l- I like that hire. I think he's going to do well. But hey, we just kind of railed about how terrible Muschamp was running that defense. So you know there's a ways to go on that side of the ball. And yeah. as for the offense, the more I saw from them uh, and in this, you know, coming off the spring game, I really like what they're planning to do on that side of the ball. But I just don't know if they've got the quarterback and in particular the receivers yeah. to really run that system. Because they're trying to be, you know, what LSU was with mm-hmm. uh, Joe Burrow and Joe Brady. And and it's one thing to say you're going to do that, but, hell, they had the number one overall quarterback <laughs> or uh, number <laughs> overall pick in the NFL draft, and their offensive coordinator is now an NFL offensive coordinator. So right. it's just you need the athletes to do it, and I think South Carolina can get there, but they're just not there at this point. Yeah. All right, here's probably the one, Shane, that was the, the biggest controversy, and uh, these fans think I hate them. Tennessee Vols. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Tennessee, not yet. Missouri Tigers, number 12. In my SEC power rankings. And, you know, I'm not sitting here bashing them or anything like that, but, you know, this is, uh, this is my honest opinion. I just – everybody seems to be a lot higher on uh, – the quarterback Connor Bazelak than I am. I just, I I just don't think he's quite the, you know, one of the elite players in the SEC that some people make him out to be. Uh, you go back to last season, they got destroyed by Mississippi State at the yeah. tail end of the season. Uh, anytime they played, you know, someone like Georgia or Florida, they got blown out. Just kind of gives you an indication of of the the room for growth that has to go in Missouri there, and I think. Maybe uh, we got a little too hyped up when they beat LSU because, hell, we found out real quick LSU was a fraud last year till yeah. the last two games of the season. And Missouri was actually ranked there. It, I think it was in November mm-hmm. when they beat the hell out of Vanderbilt 41-0. to But then we came to realize real quick that, uh, you know, Vanderbilt was one of the worst teams in all of college football. So brighter days are coming for Missouri, but – I don't, and they're losing some really, really key players like Nick Bolton and Larry Roundtree. That I just don't think you you can replace those guys necessarily. And and it's not even just their production on the field, but it's their leadership and just you know just being leaders of the team. I don't know who's who's going to step up and be those guys just yet. Well, I think this is where we're going to differ here because I'm I'm kind of with the Mizzou crowd. Uh, you know, finding a good quarterback in the SEC is is really hard to do. And I saw enough from Basilak last year to know that he's got potential. And another offseason, actually a real first offseason with Coach Eli, I think mm-hmm. is going to be a world of difference with these uh, young receivers that they got. Yeah, they got a lot of changing on defense, but that's not what this team's going to be about, man. Uh, this team's going to be about offense first. And, they, and it felt it kind of felt a little governed last year, a little held back. And, uh, you know, you mentioned some some ugly losses, but, you know, that, that team dealt with some serious COVID issues last year too. And 
Uh, I think that that cost them because they weren't deep. They're not deep like a lot of teams in the SEC were last year, and they built some of that competitive depth. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go a little higher on Mizzou here just because of uh, quarterback play in particular. All right, next on the list, Shane, number 11, Mississippi State. Like what uh, Mike Leach is bringing with a lot of young talent, Will Rogers and Jaden Wally on the and you know they've got uh, maybe the most underrated running back duo. A couple of sophomores coming back, a lot to like Zach Arnett. I thought he did a terrific job with what he had to work with on that defensive side of the ball. But offensive line, a huge question mark for me. And you know it was it was just a roller coaster of a season. You know we come out here. We whoop LSU's ass, <laughs> and then we find out, like, same thing with Missouri here. We find out real quick LSU was kind of a fraud. Yeah. And we thought, hell, we thought maybe Mike Leach was only going to get one year at Mississippi State the way it was going <laughs> there for a couple weeks. But then tail end of the season, they almost beat Georgia in Athens. They whip up mm-hmm. on Missouri. I mean, they righted the ship. They, I know people roll their eyes when I say this, but they beat Tulsa in the bowl game, and Tol- Tulsa was a top 25 team. So – uh, it certainly seems like Mississippi State's pointed in the right direction, and they may be a little too low on this list too. But, hell, this is the SEC, brother. I mean, you're mm-hmm. 10 or 11 in the SEC. You're still top 25 nationally. You know what? It's so long. Is is the Tulsa one that got the fight there at the end? Or... Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. The brawl. Yeah, no. yeah, it was a lot of fight. I, you know, I, I think I'm a little higher on Mississippi State too, uh, just because Coach Leach, if you look at where he stopped, you know, at these different universities, it seems like, I don't know what the opposite of sophomore slump is, but it's, it's what it is. There's just a second year spike with his, with his offense, especially. So I think we see that a little bit next year. And um, I'm a, I'm a little bullish on Mississippi state. Now I'm not as high as, what did they come out with uh, the rankings the other day? Um, was it like top 10 or something like that? ESPN, FPI had him number eight in the nation. Yeah, I'm, I'm not there, number eight, but I, I'm I'm thinking a borderline 25 team here. So, And a lot of that has to do with the offense and the progression I saw in the season last year. Uh, the defense obviously kept them in a lot of games, but I think that offense is going to do – take. It's going to take control next year. So, yeah, I'm, I'm bullish on them. I, I think you're a little – I think you're dogging them a little bit. Pun intended. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how about this one, Shane? I assume you'll love this one. Tennessee, number 10. And it, you'd be surprised how many Vols are just cheering the fact they're in the top 10 of the <laughs> SEC after uh, just a wild, wild couple of uh, – weeks and months here on Rocky Top. But, hey, I really like uh, the more I learn about Josh Heupel and his offense, I think, and what we saw in the spring game, I've got confidence that, uh, you know, they're going to put up a ton of points. Mm -hmm. They may not be able to stop anybody, but I think it's going to be entertaining. And if you look at their non-conference schedule, they should be favored in all four of those games. And, hell, I mean, if they manage to win those, you're talking wins over South Carolina and Vanderbilt potentially, and yeah. Tennessee's bowl eligible. So yeah. I think I think people are sleeping on Tennessee. What are you What are your thoughts on the Vols at number ten? Well, yeah, they're sleeping on them. I mean, you're talking <laughs> SEC champs here, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I you know I do the same thing every single year, Mike. You know, I I, I kind of dog them a little bit in the spring, and then 
the the media days come out then the hype train the hype videos come out next thing you know i've got them competing for the east again so i'm trying to be a little bit more realistic here uh tamper expectations the office did look great absolutely but it was either against a poor defense or uh you know i, I just i don't know I, i'm feeling like we got a lot of flaws on that other side and that could easily get exposed if so, but I, I will say this, Mike, uh, a lot of people are asking how I felt about the game. I freaking loved it, man. I, I'm all about offense. And because that's what football is, has become. I mean, you hear Nick Saban talking about it all the time, uh, about uh, keeping people, what, around 24 points is a, is a hell of a game, a hell of a feat these days. You got to be able to put some points on the board. And, and I like that with Hypo. I like uh, the play call, man, I, I'm telling you, I was watching some of these plays and it was just like, oh, shit, I've never seen a play like that before. And so I, I was really pumped up. Unfortunately, I just don't think we had the talent yet, especially the depth uh, to go the distance, especially on that defensive side of the ball. So I'm kind of with you. I'd probably even drop them down a couple spots. Um, but I, I, I think potential's there. But it's one of those, man. You got to water it and wait for it to grow. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, a little bit of breaking news here, Shane, as we're recording. USC grad transfer Caleb Tremblay just announced he's headed to Rocky Top to help out. He's a defensive tackle. You know, I don't think he's I don't think he's gonna be any kind of all American or anything, but hey. uh <laughs> we'll take hey, it. A <laughs> little bit of added depth and you know, coming off that sp- Move the balls uh, up. <laughs> <laughs> coming off that spring game. You know, who was really impressed, Shane. They landed a quarterback, too. So, they yeah. Tennessee landed a four-star quarterback, uh, Taven Jackson. One of the, yeah. He was the number three highest-ranked quarterback that was uncommitted in the country. So, there's some momentum there for the Vols. That's all, that's all I'm trying to say, Shane. That's, that's the key, Mike. This is, a, this is a serious year because, yeah, you may not be as competitive as you want, but if you're freaking fun and having fun doing it and you're getting these receivers involved and running backs involved and quarterbacks are getting to air it out and you become a fun place to play. Uh, I, I think that's very important. And you saw that there was a lot of excitement, a lot of buzz after that spring game. And, and then we land a few recruits. So it, all it takes is mo- I mean, it's a game of momentum. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. All right, number nine on my list, Shane, Auburn Tigers. War damn eagle. And, man, Auburn fans are, this is another fan base convinced that I hate them. Uh, the Tigers do have a do lot you, of talent. Do huh? you know who Tank is? <laughs> Tank Bigsby. I keep saying he's probably the best running back in the SEC next season. Uh, they've got a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball, and I I really like this staff they have with uh, Brian Harson and, and Derek Mason and Mike Bobo. I think that's a solid trio there. But while Auburn does have a ton of talent, it's almost like they got it in the wrong spots because yeah. Bo Nix, I mean, I try to give him more credit than just about anybody, but still he's a huge question mark. He went in the wrong direction last year. They're replacing the entire receiving core. And I know that the guys there are coming up. They're all, they were all four-star recruits, but uh, that doesn't necessarily always translate to success. I mean, it's, it's more important to have returning production than it is to just have, unproven four-star players at that position and part of the reason why Gus Malzahn's no longer there is because he could not recruit an offensive line to save his life so 
what's the value of having the best running back if you if you can't run block for him and uh, mm-hmm. when you're trying to get a quarterback to to realize his potential but you know we're replacing all the receivers I mean I just think it's going to be a damn struggle on the offensive side of the ball and Auburn may have to you know win ugly next year and that's just not the way college football is trending. You know, if you, if you can't score 20 points, you're not going to win many football games. Right. Yeah, I'm with you here, man. Uh, actually, I think that's kind of a, a good spot for them. And a lot of that hinges on Bo and what I th- I think highly of Tank. And uh, and I like I like the direction. I, I, I mean, I watched a little bit of the spring game, and I, I love the calling. I love the play calling. But you're right, there's still some – there's some unproven positions, some valuable unproven positions, mainly up front. Um, and, you know, some of those runs that Tank even had, there was some questionable defensive play calling over there. So I, I'm just a little bullheadish on them as well. I want to see this more in action because it's, it's really just hard to judge. And you think about first-time coaches in the SEC. Not, I mean, think about it. Just every, every coach that took a job in the SEC, I'm sure you could find one or two. That, that really excelled. But for the most part, it's a, it's a 500 season. And, uh, it, it, you know, some are going to land into a bowl game and, and have a couple of games go their way, but it's very, very rare that you're going to come out and win 10 games. So, uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's a little bit why I'm concerned, not so much the talent there in Auburn, but more or less just the, the whole, the whole picture here. Mm-hmm. All right, number eight chain on my list, the Ole Miss Rebels. Everybody's hopping on the lane train. We're going in the (laughs) right direction, except old uh, offensive line coach Randy Clements. They fired him this week. (laughs) (laughs) It's never a good sign when you fire an assistant uh, right after the the spring game, but that's what happened down there. Uh, But I kind of kid, but, you know, things are trending in the right direction. Matt Corral, everybody's hyping him up as the best quarterback in the SEC, and I I don't dispute that. I, he's right there playing in Lane Kiffin and Jeff Lebby's system. You know, I think they're going to light up the scoreboard once again, uh, even though they are losing Elijah Moore, who is maybe the most underrated player in the country last season, but still going to have a ton of success on that offensive side of the ball. But for me, uh, you know, the defense was just such a nightmare last year. I don't know. Now, again, that's another one that had, they had COVID issues and, mm-hmm. and def, defense across the board struggled. And I think I think it will get better, certainly, because it couldn't get much worse. But uh, I the t- just the teams in front of Ole Miss right now, I think, are a little bit better. And, again, if you're, if you're eight in the SEC, I know Ole Miss fans probably not happy to hear that. You're potentially a top 20 team in the nation. So you just got to remember you're in the SEC, brother. And, and I mean, there's there's no layups in this league. No, there's not. And I'm, I'm, I'm a little higher on Ole Miss because maybe I bought back into the lane train, you know. Uh, <laughs> I just – I loved what I saw last year and, you know, a lot of valuable pieces coming back. So I think what hurts them the most, obviously, being in the West this year or mm-hmm. just every year, it's just – it's a, it's, it's going to be a juggernaut schedule that they have. But – we're not talking schedules, Mike. We're talking uh, neutral fields here. So that's why I'm going to go a little higher on Ole Miss just because the talent they do have coming back. Slightly. not. I got you. How about uh, number seven on my list, Shane, here? The Kentucky Wildcats. Oh, the Kentucky Wildcats. 
Now, they're tough to place because leading into spring football, if you recall, I said they'd be the number two team in the East. And I'm not, you know, I'm not totally backing off that. I, I don't have them number two in the East currently, obviously. But a lot of that just has to do with the fact that, man, we just got no look at uh, this offense. And we have no resolution on who the quarterback's going to be. And we know how important that position is to the game of football. And I expect the defense is going to be the strength of this team once again. But, you know, until we know what they got at the quarterback and, and hell, the, the offensive coordinator is touting up, uh, you know, Will Levis, who's not even on campus. So yeah. that tells me that his best option may not even be there yet. And it's just, it's hard for me to put Kentucky any higher than number seven until we know what this offense is and how successful it can be year one. Because if it is a great offense, hell, Kentucky is moving up my list. But I just – I can't put them any higher than this till I see what they've, they've got on that side of the ball. See, Mike, what I can do is just keep saying you're wrong till we get to the last one. You know, like I'd have a little <laughs> – everybody be saying, Shane, drop, man, you know. And I'm with you. I've, you know, if, if anybody's followed this podcast, they know I tout Kentucky probably more than any Tennessee fan will ever do. But, I mean, just listen to what you said, Mike. They don't have a quarterback right now. And if you don't have a quarterback in the SEC, how, I mean, you saw what it looked like last year with no quarterback. I can't, I can't imagine saying, you know what? Yeah, they, they, they're going to be better. I mean, they don't have the offensive line like they did, or they don't have some of the defense players like they had, but they're going to be a better place. You know, it's it's just – it's kind of like Tennessee, man. I just can't buy into it right now. So I, I'm going to drop Kentucky a little bit. Mm. I mean, because if I saw right now, Mike, you're saying power rankings. If a team like Ole Miss – and Kentucky met on a neutral site right now, you're willing to put money on Kentucky. Is that what you're saying? I am. Now, and I, okay. I'll be honest with you. I flipped these two about three or four times. <laughs> but at yeah. the end of the day, I, I gave Kentucky that slight edge because, you know, because of their offensive line, their running game, their defense, you know, the, the combined factors here, I think, I think they would beat Ole Miss. I mean, I think I'm a little bit lower on Ole Miss than than most people yeah. are, but but I mean, I'm splitting hairs right here. Yeah, I mean, we got a new coordinator, new offense. There's going to be some. It's Kentucky's going to be funner to watch. I get that, but I'm just not. I until we got a quarterback, and I was hoping we'd get that. You know, by the end of spring here, but we we don't. We have no resolution here, and like you said we're counting we're counting guys that ain't even on the damn campus yet you know so mm-hmm. I, I just i'm a little like i said a little bullheadish on uh on kentucky now after week 1 i i may eat my words and say they're back you know so uh <laughs> that's what i fully expect kentucky seems to do well when i i'm down on them and they do worse when i'm all in so uh maybe this is a good sign big blue nation all right how about this number 6 this this one caught a lot of eyes too I got the Arkansas Razorbacks, Shane, number six in the SEC East. Woo pig! Uh, we all know the strides they made last season. I think that's just going to continue. They're bringing back a ton of super seniors, and not only you know guys that were bench players, but we're talking all SEC performers that could be on their way to the NFL right now. I've been hyping up KJ Jefferson like nobody's business. <laughs> I think he's going to be better than Felipe Franks in this offense. 
I love the weapons around him. And I think this is a year where, you know, last year was great. Arkansas no longer a joke in the SEC. But I think this is the year they take that step to be, you know, every game basically you got to worry because you're playing the Arkansas Razorbacks. And if you don't bring your best game, they can beat you. Well, Mike, again, real. I mean, you're. This is tough when you get up here, man. And uh, mm-hmm. putting the the Razorbacks up there, it's. I think that's an emotional pick right now, uh, because <laughs> you know you got all these guys coming back, and and I love. Don't get me wrong, I love what Sam Pittman's doing and, and the culture he's creating there. These guys are coming back for him. They're coming back for their university, and you love that story. KJ, man, we've been talking about him since, what, 2004, <laughs> it feels like? <laughs> Is this the year he breaks out? And he, it, it, you know, we saw a little glimpse of it in the past. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not totally convinced. But uh, I do like what is coming back and I love a senior led team. I think that's, I think that's one of the most underrated stats out there. Uh, if you ever been a part of a group or a part of a class or something like that, you got some real good leaders in there. It, it just, it elevates the play around the field. And I think that's what we're going to get this year from Arkansas. I don't think talent top to bottom. Arkansas is better than a, than the Kentucky Wildcats. I don't, but, what I do think happens is because of the way this team is being led, that they get more. They get more attributes out these players, and, and they play better as a team. You saw it last year. Every game was an emotional game, and that's why I kind of like where you have them. Uh, I guess I'm convincing myself now. Uh, <laughs> that That's a good spot. I'm just – I'm a little worried about the quarterback play because KJ, you know, does he does he stay healthy? Uh, what does it look like if he doesn't? And you know, there's some of those factors. I wish Mike Woods would have stuck around, but uh, you know, with what we got, yeah, I, I definitely see. I, I I got you. I'm coming around, Mike. Okay, Arkansas, good spot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now the top five. Now you got to think that uh, these are the you know truest contenders to win the SEC this season. I'm going number five, Florida Gators. And I know a lot of people down on that defense. I think defense is going to make a comeback this season in college football. And there's a lot of players on that Florida defense that got pro potential. Uh, Our buddy Matt Hayes, friend of the show, says, uh, you know, he's talked to coaches who say there's six NFL draft picks on this defense next season. So, you got to have faith that uh, that defense it, it can't get any worse. It's got to it's got to get better. And then you know a lot of people doubting the offense, which is understandable when they lose guys like Pitts and Kadarius Tony. And we all know how great Kyle Trask was last season and even the season before that. But you know I just got so much faith in Dan Mullen to you know we kind of hit on this on the last pod we talked about where. You know, I don't think Emory Jones is going to be throwing for 4,000 yards like Kyle Trask, but I think he'll just – they'll change the offense. I think they'll be more ground and pound. They've got, uh, you know, a lot of experience returning on the offensive line. They've got some incoming transfers at the running back position, including a former five-star that was only at Clemson one season and, and a former five-star from Miami. So uh, I think Florida is going to be a dangerous, dangerous team. I think they're probably going to play a little bit more – 
game control, you know, run the clock down, rely mm-hmm. on that defense. But they still got some some really good receivers like uh yeah. Jacob Copeland is is still there and uh Justin Shorter and and Henderson. I mean, they've got some weapons there. So, I this is a little bit different than than Auburn where I think Florida's going to be able to score about 30 points a game if they have to to win a game. Uh I just think I think there's too much talent and too good a coaching on Florida to put them any lower than number five right now. Yeah, I mean, and you could even argue a little higher just because of Dan and just because of what he's been able to do with the talent he's had around him. Yeah, mm-hmm. does he have pits? No. Kyle Trask gone? Absolutely. But, he's. I mean, nobody was talking about pits and Trask going into the season that really. I mean, there was a few, but it wasn't like, man, we got a, we got a real gym here. So right. that that's something that Dan and the boys created down there. So don't be surprised at the end of this season. We're not talking about this running back room, which I, I'm I'm arguing is is just as good as anybody in the SEC. So uh, he, he may just transform the whole damn offense to cater toward. He's going to do that. That's what I love about Dan, and that's mm-hmm. why his name keeps getting popped up in NFL jobs. They play around the talent that they have, and that's something he's good at is identifying the talent and making sure they get the damn ball. So, um, yeah, I, I think a lot of people are starting to sleep on Florida, and that, that may be what exactly what Dan needs. All right, number four, Shane, Texas A&M and Maggies. Giga Maggies. Ooh. Coming off a 9-1 and one season. They may be, you know, they're in a weird spot because they could be, maybe that's just started the, the train to where they're going to be winning SEC titles as soon as this season. But at the same time, they're replacing a multi-year starting quarterback. They're replacing four or five on the offensive line, and and the offensive line was the strength of that team. But Mm -hmm. on the flip side, the defense basically bringing everybody back. It's going to be a dominant unit. Uh, But we all know college football is all about offense these days. So, Mm -hmm. And, and, and hell, they've got got three running backs that – yeah, man, I'd I'd put up with the with about three anywhere. So a uh, lot to like about Texas A and M, and you know I had them neck and neck with LSU entering the spring, but right now I got Texas A and M at this number four spot. Yeah, a lot to like, but you hate them, Mike. What's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think I I don't know if you you know me. I I'm 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 all up in this LSU hop and. And, and maybe that's why you, before you put, put these power rankings in, you're just like, you know what, Shane made some really good points, but I think you're wrong here, <laughs> just barely, okay? I think I like Texas A&M over LSU just because of what they've been able to do. They're just a few games away, buddy. A few games. Uh, last year, you look at it, they finally won some big games. Uh, that's mm-hmm. one thing that, that, that Jimbo always had on. Did he win Bama? No, but he got him early. And, and I think if they would have played later in the year, it would have been a different story, but he, he took it to the Gators. And, and I think that was a, I think that was a turning point for this team. Now, obviously Kellen has gone. Uh, the team's going to look a little bit different, but I don't think that's their strong suit anyway. Like you said, it's these running backs and, uh, the the offensive line you're a little worried about, but I, I I don't know I just think with all the other pieces and athletes around there, uh, I'm I'm liking these Aggies more and more every day. So I think you're a little I think you're a little low on them. Mm-hmm. Okay, well I already tipped my hand there. Number three LSU Tigers. Go Tigers! Mm-hmm. I know last season was a huge disappointment, but I think they kind of righted the ship there toward you know if they didn't beat Florida last year or or Ole Miss. Uh, man, we'd be talking Coach O maybe on the hottest seat 
in the country, yeah. but they did win those games and they, you know, they looked damn good doing it on offense. Um, I'm a huge believer in old Max Johnson. Can't wait to see Brad <laughs> clapping on the sidelines there, but uh, I mean, he's just surrounded with a lot of talent. And I think now that we got Bo Pelini out of there, I think the defense can make a nice little comeback here. And, you know, I, I just think that uh, going back to this Joe Brady system with, I know all the players are different, but uh, a lot of the same level of talent, I think mm-hmm. LSU is going to be a dangerous, dangerous team next season. Uh, I'm with you, man. And this just, like you said, toward the end of last season, it, it felt like they started to find their real groove. And that's, that's scary because a lot of people thought, hey, LSU is just drifting back to where they were. And no, this is a very talented team. It was just young, inexperienced. In fact, you could argue that of all the teams in the SEC last year, the one that hurt the most not having spring practice and spring games was LSU. And you could saw you saw that as they kind of just limped into the season. Um, I don't think we're going to have that this year, man. You, you listen to Coach O, he's pumped up. They're firing on all cylinders. There was no off days. There was no slow days. These guys know what they need, and that is get ahead of the curve because if they're going to compete with teams like Alabama and Texas A&M, they got to hit on all cylinders day one, and uh, I, I still think you're a little too high on them. I love. I'm, I'm on the LSU hot train. I would have flip flopped the Aggies, but uh, they're up there, buddy. All right, so maybe the most controversial pick here. Kind of got to do these together because I've tipped my hand. Number one, Georgia. Oh, dog, sick him. <laughs> Number two, Alabama. My God, how could anyone <laughs> put the dynasty number two? Uh, I thought the the best comment, you know, there's so many comments. I appreciate each and every one of them. Even the guys calling me idiots and all this. I, I don't mind it at all. But the best comment I saw was from a Florida fan, Shane. Yeah. That said, congratulations, Georgia Bulldogs, on your eighth offseason <laughs> national championship since 1980. But, man, hey, I'm, I'm firm on that bandwagon. It's going to happen eventually. They've got all the talent in the world. They finally, finally got that quarterback position solved. I know that George Pickens went down, but they are so loaded at receiver and running back. And, you know, a little bit of transition on the offensive line, but with Matt Luke and all the talent he's got to work with, I've got no concern there. Only concern for Georgia, in my mind, is this uh, defensive backfield. And I don't know. I just don't think that's, that's going to be enough to cost them a national championship. Whereas all I'm hearing out of Alabama is, you know, it's defense. Defense is back. Our defense is dominant. And that's troubling to me, Shane, when you got a new offensive coordinator, new offensive line coach, new offensive line, new starting quarterback, new receivers. I mean, my God, maybe Alabama can do it. If there's anybody that can do it, it's Alabama. But there's just too many question marks for me to put them number one. And sorry, I put them number two. Putting you number two in the SEC means you're number two in the nation. So don't feel like I'm slighting you too much. You know what? <laughs> yeah, no. And and I'll tell you, man, this one this one got a little tougher for me when Pickens went down. But it's it's not that I don't think Georgia's just as talented. It's not that. It's just I'm looking at track record. And Nick Saban owns them. You know what I'm saying? It's just – when, when you go to a neutral side right now, if these two teams were to meet week one on a neutral side, I'm telling you, probably Alabama's going to be the favorite, I would imagine, because they usually win. 
So I don't know. I, I think we're we're splitting hairs here. I think if not now, then when? That's what I, that, you look at. Some of the great Georgia teams have years past. It's, it's not. It's never been as loaded as it is right now. Now there's been some talent. Don't get me wrong. There's been some first round talent go to the NFL, but. When you're looking top to bottom, you're looking at quarterback. Like you said, you got running backs coming back. Uh, it would have helped if George would have stuck around, you know, but he, he, he can't help it. You know, he's got to deal with the injury now. And But mm-hmm. that's that's one thing Georgia has. It's, it's just they're so freaking deep. So if not now, then when? I can't argue with this list, uh, the, this part anyway, because I'm with you. Uh, you know, we, we joke about Georgia and their 1980 championship, but it's like, you know, if you're going to do it, this has to be the year. Yeah, so thanks, Shane, for liking the front and the back of my list. But everything in between, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Everyone's going to be – well, I had to, I had to meet it somewhere. You know, I, can't say, I can't say everybody's better, but uh, no, I, I this is a tough list because a lot of people look at power rankings and then they think it's just rankings. You know, they start factoring schedules and, and things like that. And that's not that's not what this is meant. And it changes. If you mm-hmm. know anything about SEC Mike's power rankings, all it takes is one bad game and your <laughs> ass is down at the bottom. So, you know, this is one of those. And that's what I like about it. You know, it, there's not a lot. Of, there's not anybody really doing this. And uh, and I, I like you came out. It's really early. This may change multiple times before the season starts. But, uh, you know. As far as everything else, I think you're pretty daggone accurate. And uh, we may look back and, you know, call you an idiot, but we may also look back, Mike, and say, you nailed this thing. So that's yep. the thing. Time time will tell. Well, hey, buddy, we just spieled here for damn near an hour talking SEC football in late April. So uh, <laughs> I hope everybody appreciated it. And we got this big draft to look forward yeah. to. So I'm looking forward to cracking open some beers and watching this thing tonight. But, uh, you got anything else before we hop off here? No. I mean, now that the diet's ruined, I think I'm going to get me a couple more cold <laughs> beers, maybe grab some nachos. I don't know, Mike. You know, the night's young. But I'm I'm really looking forward to this draft uh, just way too early. Way too early. Are, are they going to move on uh, on your boy there in Green Bay? It's looking like it. My heart's going to be broken here. No Aaron Rodgers. Green Bay's going to fall back to Fran? the pack. I don't think they trade him to uh, in in conference, if that makes sense. Okay. I think that they trade him to the Raiders. That would be my pick. Oh, okay. All right, that makes sense. Well, we'll know here in a few minutes, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> this may age horribly here, but uh... exactly. Well, I look forward to it. Maybe we can throw something together this weekend about the draft because uh, uh, this is one of my favorite times of the year. Absolutely. I can't wait to find out uh, if, if anyone's going to get exposed with the ball like Laramie Tunzel. You know what? <laughs> yes, please. Absolutely. And the goofy girlfriends that won't be there in three years. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it. I uh, appreciate each and every one of you hopping on here and hanging out with us. And, uh, you know, just wanted to finish, finish out the weekend strong. And thank you, Shade, for joining me as always. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go balls.